Good morning, everyone. Today is December 12th, Saturday, and you are watching No Vision Internet Radio. Oh, watching and listening. We are live on Facebook, Twitter, and our Facebook and our uh, website, which is www.novisioninternetradio.com. Today, we are special guest is Mr. Justin Hamill, an independent journalist, and we will be talking about what's called food security. Uh, kind of interesting topic, which has been kind of um, impacting our community locally, nationally, and world, really, and throughout the world for many decades. And uh, so right now, I'm going to say hi to Mr. Bautista and Mr. Justin. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, George. Good morning, Mr. Just Justin, how are you? Good morning to the both of you. I'm well. How are you? Good. Anxious to hear your your discussion on uh, on on the on the subject. So, just so people can understand, to know that if you want to comment during the, the, our broadcast, uh, you're on Facebook. You're more welcome, and we'll try to show that comment on the show. If you have any questions, and of course, or comments, go ahead and post them on Facebook on the, on this uh, feed, and we'll show it on the broadcast. Uh, but before we go talk to Mr. Justin. Uh, well, you know what, Mr. Justin, just do that. Just go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, sir. Can you tell everyone who you are or what you are? Sure. Yeah, my name is Justin Hamill. I'm an independent uh, photojournalist based here in El Paso, Texas. I've lived here for about two years. Um, I am actually disabled myself. Um, I have an incomplete spinal cord injury and partially paralyzed from the waist down. And um, I'm trying to work a little bit more within the disabled community here as well. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's here in El Paso, our, our, our community of people with disabilities, kind of, it's, it's getting active, it's getting there, it's getting there. And so we're gonna be talking about food security and Mr. Hamill actually brought this to my attention and it never really crossed my mind regards to the, you know, what that meant. Cause when you said food security, I'm like, what do you mean security? Like, what? I didn't know what that meant. I, I was ignorant, I'm not gonna lie to you. So he kind of educated me on what, what that meant and what that is and how it really impacts uh, people. And it really does, folks. So what, what I wanted to do, I'm playing that little video I found that really kind of gives a brief uh, description of what food security is. And, and so it, we'll go from there. I'll go ahead and play it now. Food insecurity is a measure of the inability to access food. It's not the same idea as hungry or hunger, but they are connected. The U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates that around 11 to 12 percent of the U.S. households are food insecure. These are individuals who have difficulty accessing meals, have to cut meals, have to share meals, or may miss a day or two of a meal in the course of a period of time because they're not able to afford those meals. Food insecurity is often linked with a number of poor health outcomes such as diabetes and cardiovascular problems. It has also been linked to issues of behavioral challenges at school, but food insecurity is not equally distributed by all people. Some households experience food insecurity more, particularly ethnic minority households, single parent households, and understanding food insecurity is an important factor in order to understand how we can improve not only nutrition, but the well-being of all Americans. what food security is um and i do apologize my mom my wife just told me that i sounded i sounded low so i just pick up the sound a little bit uh hopefully this helps uh so mr justin so this go ahead and tell us your 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 project here in el paso what you're doing and really uh, just also to give more context of who you worked with in the past 
Yeah, so in the past, I've worked, um, especially during the pandemic, with the New York Times and The Guardian. And most of my focus has been around actually just working in the oil fields and photographing the energy industry. Um, and not as many stories locally to El Paso. So I'm trying to bring things a little bit closer to home with this, uh, this new story and this project. And I think that, you know, this is a story that is best told over a long period of time. It's not something that you can do or talk about in one day. You know, it's not like someone who doesn't have access to food, you know, receives a box from the pantry and then everything's fixed. You know, it's it's something that's ongoing over months and I'm hoping, you know, to kind of be able to take the time and energy to do this, um, to kind of not do this properly, but with the respect and dignity that everybody deserves. Yep. And see, that's the thing that, you know, they have, during this, like you said, like during the pandemic, kind of, kind of, kind of crystallized this issue. But like I said, this issue has been going on for decades. And the thing is about that is, we have to put this, understand that, you know, for example, like me and Mr. Bautista, uh, even Mr. Justin, no, we have limitations, okay? But that impacts our ability to, especially me and Mr. Bautista, to, to, to get food. We depend on others. I know I do. My wife and, and family members, when they, you know, for example, when I was single, now that I'm married. But let's just put that into, into more of a, of a picture. So let's say as during the pandemic, you lose your job. Or you lose this, or you lose that. You lose, you know, income, period. So now you need food. Well, yeah, the food banks have, uh, uh, you know, lines. They have all these tons of food to give away. But how about if I can't get to it? What am I going to do? Yeah. I just can't go and stand in line with the cars, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's one of the issues that needs to be addressed, I think, and I hope it will be when the next few years here in El Paso have some kind of like a food network or a network that has a distribution throughout El Paso where it makes it more um, conducive to for example, someone in the Northeast needs food or someone in the West or something like that. But what, what, what have you seen, uh, Mr. Uh, Justin, here in El Paso as you started this, this project? Have you seen a great need? I mean, have you really had people reach out to you regarding this? Um, well, one of the hardest parts about this during the pandemic is working and making sure that everyone's safety is, you know, we're taken care of. Um, especially because, you know, people with disabilities and not, um, you know, could be at high risk for catching COVID. Um, so it's been a very hard time reaching out to people. You know, I can't necessarily walk up to everybody at a food pantry safely um, or <laughs> go to their house. Good to have um, and all of this stuff. So it's been a little bit slow going, especially um, this past month and a half. Uh, so, so how are you dealing with it virtually? So virtually, I'm just emailing people, talking to people, and then I've been getting weekly COVID tests and waiting for negative results before I approach somebody at their home or outside of their home, whatever they're comfortable with, um, just to ensure that you know, all my camera equipment's disinfected and I can, you know, as comfortably and as reassuringly as possible make sure that they're safe. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been hard. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the question that I have right now is that, you know, you talk about people being hungry or food de deficient. Uh, our kids are be being uh, food deficient. They can't go to school. They can't eat at the cafeteria. They can't. And a, a lot of those p parents are not working. They don't have the f uh, finances. And so kids are going, going without, without food. Yeah, they are. Um, and that's been hard as well. You know, the pantry lines, this, it's hard because the pantry lines are getting long, but not everybody, you know, like you alluded to, not everybody can stand in line at a pantry or not everybody is has the ability to drive or has access to a car. Um, and so there are places in the El Paso Fighting Hunger Food Bank offers deliveries. And they've seen a large uptick in deliveries. I don't have an exact figure for you, but they've seen a large uptick in deliveries um, during the pandemic um, for uh, people. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, and hopefully, uh, just to touch on that real fast, hopefully, uh, later on in the show, if, if, if we have an opportunity, uh, we're going to have Mr. Chu on. He's a director for Valar. And, and I didn't know this, Justin. Um, I think I mentioned it to you before, I think yesterday that Valar has uh, set up a, a program where someone needs, uh, someone with a disability needs food delivered to call Valar 915-591-0800. Again, 915-591-0800. And they'll do the intake. They'll ask you some questions, you know, you know the demographic questions. And then they'll refer you to the El Paso Fighting Hungers and they'll set up some kind of a delivery schedule for you. And I think that's great. But again, lack of outreach, people don't know about that. So hopefully with this show and with <coughs> you, Mr. Hamill, that we could bring this to light more here in El Paso. Because like you said, like Mr. Bautista was saying, there's kids, there's elderly, there's veterans, there's just regular people. So there's, it impacts everyone. But George, uh, what, one of the things that uh, I, while you mentioned that, that uh, Volaro has a, you know, a method of doing it, uh, the food banks won't ask any information of you and 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 so it it because you scare people especially if they're not here legally and they're hungry too you know so they're not asking for any information they just you know when you go to the uh, on the lines that you know you, you might have to show your li driver's license but that's about it so uh i, I just wonder how, how how we can settle that you know how we can g get people to not feel or not be afraid to to go to those um, agencies to and have to you know give information. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. No, and, and and that's kind of part of the outreach <coughs> and educating the community that you know saying that you know what. As a matter of fact, Mr. Bautista, do me a favor, real quick, sir. Can you kind of give that information in Spanish about the volar? Real quick. La la agencia de volar está este recibiendo información para la gente que necesita que está necesitada de uh, llaman al, al número ese what's what's the number again? Uh, 915 915 591 591 0800 0800 hablan a ese número y y dan nomás una poca información que detalles y y ellos le van a asistir a ayudarle a la comida Okay. And uh, so, Mr. Hamill, I mean, for example, if someone wants to contact you, give you, provide you information, or they know of something that's going on, mm -hmm. that you that, how can they reach out to you? Um, you can call, text, or WhatsApp me 
570-506-5881. Again, that's 570-506-5881. You can also feel free to send me an email. My email address is hamel, H-A-M-E-L dot Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N dot M as in Mike at gmail.com. Um, so any of those work for me. Um, I do not speak Spanish for me. Um, because yeah, you know, this is not, you know, it's a diverse community of people here in El Paso, then it affects everybody. And I'm trying to make sure that everybody's, um, voices are being able to be heard here. Thank you. I appreciate that. As a matter of fact, if anybody's watching, I do apologize. If I, <laughs> if I am sounding, sounding low, I just saw a comment. Please let me know and I'll turn up my sound. I have a new setup here. Um, but Mr. Hamill, I do have a, a comment here. Mm-hmm. This was, I think as Mr. Wesley Lawrence says, great discussion, which is true. It is a discussion that needs to be discussed. And I think, what do you think about both of you gentlemen, Mr. Bautista and Mr. Hamill, of including government into the discussion and having some kind of uh, a platform or, or system where it's more singular, it's more uh, singular. In other words, have all of these pantries and food banks set up online and have it where it's like a, I guess like a dispatch kind of system. Because I know in Houston, I was talking to someone at the Disability Rights Texas, and there's some kind of system in Houston, well, actually in the Gulf State areas, which is Houston, uh, Beaumont, Victoria, um, Corpus Christi, where they have a system that if someone needs food, it goes off a of GPS, I guess the nearest pantry or, or food bank, it alerts them, and then they, they can deliver the food. And... Uh, I think something like that here in El Paso would be great because, like you said, Mr. Hamill, and you, Mr. Bautista, I mean, our community is very diverse. You have high income, low income, medium income, but the majority of the people who are low income, unfortunately, are people with disabilities because of lack of income or lack of employment. And that's another, another show, trust me, folks. Yes. But um, what was you, Mr. Hamill, I mean, in your perspective, what can you offer as maybe like a, a solution or a suggestion to kind of remedy these, not remedy because it will never go away, obviously, but to address the issue? I think a more outreach, even with if it's through the city or county um, or independent, you know, food banks and pantries, I think the biggest thing is there just needs to be outreach. Um, that's hard for people to even know how to access food if they don't know that it's available in the first place. The biggest challenge, I think, if it is a through the government, is ensuring trust um, that you know their information won't be used against them. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's a challenge right now that we've even seen with things like the census. People just don't necessarily trust the institutions, and that's a challenge that I believe you know some of the independent food banks. Um, are a little bit better at building those relationships um, within people. Well, most of the, the, the some of the food banks, as I understand, a lot of them are uh, sponsored by churches, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, 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 this is uh, uh, good, but it sure would be nice if we could, uh, you know, uh, Commit, com- contact or make make contact with them and bring them together to so that we the public would know where you know where the different food banks are which churches are providing that you know that food 
uh, and, you know, the times and all that. Because like right now on Saturdays, they have I know they have a food bank at, at two o'clock. Uh, but 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 I don't know where, where it's at. I don't, you know, and I know that a lot of people ask, you know, where where can we go? And it'd be good to to get that information from the churches, you know, and, and say, okay, on Saturday, on on the second Saturday of the month, you can go here, or the first Saturday, you know, you can go there, whatever. But I, I think you bring out a good idea there, George. But you know, and also, that's, so this is a two part uh, dilemma here. First, you need to have, which we have, I think, hopefully, the pantries and, 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 uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the food banks, right, Mr. Hamill? But yeah. then you have this other side of volunteers. Right. So you might have all this request and all this food, but if you don't have the volunteers to deliver it, and then now you throw in the COVID, so that, you know, that's also in the mixture, but let's take COVID out of it, because someday we will, you know, God willing, it will be soon. So we're gonna have this. We're gonna have this issue even after COVID. That's where it needs. I think, like you said, having that governmental uh, discussion or government uh, discussion is great. Either county or or the city to have that. Okay, you know what? Even though we, we really can't tell them what to do, but then how about we bring them in as a group? You know, the the, the food banks and the pantries, and just start a discussion how to simplify it or centralize it. So where everybody has the same opportunity, because that's what food security is, right, Mr. Hamill? The lack of access. Right, and, you know, that's one of the hardest things is ensuring that everybody, you know, can access that del- those deliveries if they need. Um, I know that um, the Borderland Rainbow Center every Monday has um, walk-ups or wheelchair-accessible you know, so if you don't have a car and you need access to food and you can't go access the EPFH food bank or some of the other state-run food banks, I don't know if they're still happening these days, but they were earlier, they required you to drive. Um, Borderland Rainbow Center is two blocks from the Five Points Sun Metro bus terminal, and, you know... Um, you can walk up and access that food bank there, so you don't need a car for that. But you, how how do you take the how you how do you take the? Uh, do they give you the food as like in boxes, or how how would you take it if you're not if you're on a wheelchair, for example? Uh, even though, though they offer you the food, how how would you be able to facilitate the, the uh, transportation of it? You know. That's that's one of the problems, but the Borderland Rainbow Center also makes deliveries. Um, they have um, a team of volunteers that makes deliveries also on Mondays, and they do contactless uh, deliveries so that you know they'll let you know ahead of time whenever they're arriving, and they'll set it outside of your door or in a safe place for the food to be. And that way, you know, it's distanced from COVID and you're still able to access that food as long as um you know you're disabled or i believe it's over 65 you can qualify for that and, okay. and if you think about this too i just thought about right now um the, the elderly i mean let's say you're 80 years old you're there, you're on fixed income ssi or retirement whatever you run out of food towards the end of the month which happens right it happens mm-hmm. I mean, god knows i've been there and the thing is that was that's the issue of, of addressing where it's, it's something that that's 
affects the life, the quality of life. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Where you know you, you have this deficiency, like Mr. Bautista was saying, of not having the food, or they say we have we have the food, but we don't have access to it. So I just think everyone that's watching this can put that in perspective, and when they want to volunteer or, or, or have an idea, you know, reach out to your city rep. Hopefully, you never know. I mean, I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. It could be done, but you know we've done things with the city in the past. But we just, we never thought we would, so it never and never it never helps. It never hurt. Never hurts to help. It never hurts <laughs> to ask. To ask. Think, uh, my jaws is talking to us. Do apologize. Um, so I think uh, having that discussion here, gentlemen, uh, it's very important because sometimes we forget. We forget. We you know we have our own little issues going on in life. Uh, and I felt bad when, we, when you brought this up to me, Mr. Hamill, because here I am complaining about not having a pizza delivered on time, but yet yeah, there's people out there that don't have nothing. nothing. Yeah. And this is something that's affected the disabled community, you know, forever. This isn't due to the pandemic. It's highlighted some of the problems uh, the pandemic has. But, you know, it's been going on a long time before, and it's going to unfortunately happen again afterwards. Um, unless, unless we step in like they did in Houston and have some kind of mechanism, because like, like what it takes a lot, Mr. Hamill and Mr. Bautista, is participation. We can mm-hmm. gripe and complain and this and that. It's like voting, for example. <laughs> well, I don't like this gentleman. I don't like this. Well, go out there and vote. Same thing with this issue. If you really feel that we can work on it, step. I'll give you an example. Perfect example. And you're part of this discussion. You, both of you were. Now I'm thinking about Mr. Bautista and Mr. Hamill. Remember that discussion, folks? Just to give you a little background. Uh, when it came to the pandemic, there was a lot of services and, 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 and uh, information that were not accessible for those who uh, have a disability. And one of the main things that first came out what was happened is a text alert or a, a notification on the TV came out. Okay? And that just, it came out. And it went, you know, that, that real annoying sound. What it was. So I, I asked my wife, what's going on? Oh, it's a COVID alert. You know, wash your hands and whatnot. No. Oh. So we brought that up as, as a coalition, CARES. We brought it up to the city and the county. And guess what, folks? This past Wednesday or Thursday, it worked. They sent out a TV alert and it had Audible. It's because we had participation. And I think doing this, uh, uh, Mr. Hamill and Mr. Bautista, participation involving our government, I think we could address something. I mean, it's better than that to address it than that just to say, oh, whatever. It could be on for many years, which many people have done, right, Mr. Hamill? Like, oh, it's yeah. been an issue for 20, 30 years. But that doesn't mean we can't work on it. Exactly. Now's the opportunity, you know, once it's been highlighted to make some change. Yep. Amen to that. So, and not only that, and hopefully, uh, and it just, you know, a little sidebar thing here. When Oscar Leeser was in office four years ago, he would meet with people with disabilities on a quarterly basis. So I think this is a topic. If he comes into office, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, that he, if he comes back into office, we would have that. We have, like you said, great, great opportunity. It was highlighted during the pandemic. Mr. Leeser comes back into office. We have those quarterly meetings. Why not introduce this? A concept of having some kind of network in, 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 our, in our community. And this is county-wise, folks. I'm not talking about city. County-wise. Because guarantee you what, folks, you see, we have a bad, there's many people in the county like Vinton or, or those other small cities that have, um, but what's the one over there? I'm thinking of what, the Northeast. But anyways, 
Thinking of Vado and yeah, well, there you go. That Vado one. and those yeah, yeah, yeah. little counties, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what we need to step up, folks, and just say, you know what, guys, let's let's address it, and you know, in the good in the good fashion, the timing matter. And so, Mr. Hamlin, let me ask you this before mm -hmm. we go: What? Oh, you're talking about you have a website. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, my website is justinmhamill.com. Um, and it features some um, photos all throughout the country and El Paso region. Um, however, nothing is quite up of this story yet. Uh, it's still a work in progress, and it'll be up eventually. Oh, did, you, did you give your number out earlier? I wasn't paying yeah. attention. Yeah, I did. Can you give yeah. your number one more time? It was five, five, seven. I should have four, <laughs> even though I have it. But for those who are watching that want to get involved or maybe have a story for you, one more time, Mr. Hamill. Yeah, my phone number is 570-506-5881, and you can call, text, or WhatsApp me there. And also, you can find you on Facebook, too, right? Yes, uh, if you just search my name, Justin Hamill. Right. When you first reached out to me, uh, at your message, I'm like, oh, cool. This is, you know, and then we started telling me what the story about the food security. I'm like, wow. That's true, you know, something that really needs to be talked about. So I appreciate you coming on board. Mr. Bautista, do you have any questions, sir? No, I'm just grateful that he came on, and uh, I think we need to educate the public, and we need to do more of this. And uh, I want to thank Justin for for uh, coming on our show. And, uh, again, you know, we, we need this information, and the public needs it. And so thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It was wonderful to chat with you all. And, again, folks, uh, Mr. Chu was not able to come on, but again, Valart CEO, which is Independent Living Skills Center here in El Paso, they're on Golden Key. They have a program that could possibly, possibly assist you. The number is 915-591-0900. Ask for Ms. Marcia Chu, and they just give her some information. Of course, your name, you know, and and they'll uh, what they'll do they refer you to the El Paso Fighting Hungers. And it will set up some kind of program to help you. Uh, it might be a temporary, but hopefully it will assist you. And But there again, the food crisis is going to be a, it's not just a, a macro issue. It's a big thing. I mean, it's a big picture. You have, what plays into it? What, guys? Uh, employment, uh, lack of this, lack of that. So there's a lot of stuff that plays into why not having the sufficient food. Especially, you know, if you can't afford it, you know, Social Security, how much is it? What, seven seventy? Uh, that's how much it is. So, and then you get food stamps, maybe another. I guess I forgot. I think it was two hundred. I'm not sure. I'm, have you looked into that, Mr. Hamill? How much food stamps gives you? Can can give you? I do not. Um, it's been a long time since I was on yeah. it myself. I've been on it. But, hey, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that I've been on it. Last time I got uh -huh. it was 118, but that's been a while back. Yeah. Um, in regards to that, I just learned earlier today that the Albertsons on Montlord and George Dieter has SNAP and EBT curbside pickup. It's the only Albertsons in the city that offers that. So if you have a compromised immune system and can't go into the store and you're struggling to get food um, and risking your life to do so, um, the Albertsons on the east side at Montlord and George Dieter um, you can order online using your Snap and EBT, and, and they the, won't. The, the WalMarts also are are providing that that uh, 
that service either curbside or they'll deliver it to you. In fact, I just uh, we're just ordering to de- have them delivered to us tomorrow. Okay. And it seems what the problem. What are the problems? I know I saw a while back, maybe a month ago. Someone was trying to happen. It was broken. But that's the thing. There's, there's all this stuff that feeds into this discussion, right? It's not only lack of access. Well, lack of access. How is it transportation? Is it food or is this? Or is it dis- is it dis- dis- disability? So, but, but the thing is, we have everything in place. I think, in my opinion, we have the food banks, we have the pantries. Which just means those volunteers, and then we meet that little small um, centralized uh, information center where people can call in and say, you know what, I live in Northeast, I need food, I have a disability. Um, and now, I want to make sure we, I, I say this, folks. We're focusing on people with disability because, in, in our opinion, we have other uh, um, gaps that, that impede our ability to get food. For example, myself and Mr. Bautista, we can't see. So we, obviously we can't drive. So let's say we were not married. Number three, living on Social Security, which is what, 770, if you're lucky. So that's what I'm saying. There's all this stuff that pays into um, people's disabilities being a higher factor uh, of of getting, not having food. And then what you said, Mr. Hamill, I never thought about that. It's true. COVID. Now you have COVID. For like me, Mr. Bolsey, I don't know about you, Mr. Bolsey, but me, I'm, I'm blind. Well, I see that I have light perception, but I use my hands. I put my hands up, folks. I use my hands to see. Do you think I'm going to go to the store and start feeling stuff? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. No. Even here at the house, my, my wife goes, she's the one that goes to get the food. You know, they, we have that pickup. I come home, I give it to her. You know, I unload the, we have like a little wagon. I change my shirt, wash my hands like I'm, I'm going to do surgery. But that's what I need to do because I touch my face a lot because this is my hands. This is my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's scary for me. But we also have uh, pre-existing conditions, George. Like I'm, I'm a diabetic. I've had a, a, a minor heart attack. I'm not about to expose myself um, to, to that just to go grocery shopping. You know, I, I, That's why I'm saying we need those. Um, and, and I'm fortunate because I'm I'm retired, but I'm fortunate that I I can order stuff from WalMarts or whatever. But that's just me, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that that have the same disabilities, but they don't have the income, and or, so they they have or, to go the, go before other people, you know. Yeah, or access to the internet. You know, one of yeah. the things uh, that's exactly. a huge privilege in itself. Um, See, so. you, that's what people think, folks. <laughs> Just because you're on Facebook, oh, everybody has internet, you can see Facebook. Not necessarily. The only reason people may have may have uh, internet is because maybe they, they have that public Wi-Fi or they have their mobile phone internet. But the thing is that you're right. So that's what I'm saying. If you know someone, if you you yourself, don't be ashamed. If you need food, hey, call Valar. It's nothing to be ashamed of, folks. It happens to happens to me. I'm not ashamed to say it. It happened to me at one time. I bet you it happened to you, Mr. Hamill, or you, Mr. Balsita. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm proud to say, you know what? It's just part of life. It happens. And I will say this. If you need it, if you don't want to call, call me, Mr. Balsita, and tell him. Tell him. You know what? I'm kind of, eh, I don't want to do it. I'll do it for me. We'll do it. I got no yeah, problem with it. Yeah, we sure will. I'll call. Hey, you know what? This guy needs help or this person needs, needs uh, food. Uh, but reach out to if you need food folks reach out it's not a bad thing 
not something to be ashamed. I'm going to give you that number one more time because I think it's important to, 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 and then you give it in Spanish, Mr. Bautista. Okay, the number is, for Valar, talk to Mark Chuchu. The number is 591, or 915-591-0800. El número para volar es 915. What is it again? 915. Oh, uh, 591. 591. 591. 0800. 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. 0. 0. And, and ask for Mark Chuchu. Y pregunte por este Mark Chuchu. No, Marsa Chu. Oh, Marsa Chu. Okay, Mark. I thought it was did Mark. You, did you say Mark Chuchu? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I meant, okay. I meant Mar <laughs> Mark Chuchu. I never heard Chew. of that. Mark Chuchu. Okay. Well, been, they used to call me Chewy and Chuchuy. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, Mr. Amel. Uh, any, any last? I'm turning red here. I'm embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Any, yeah. any last uh, comments before we go there, Mr. Hamill? And uh, I think that's it. You know, don't be afraid to reach out um, to get the resources you need, or you know, I'm here as well, and. Um, Look forward to talking to you all later. Yeah. Mr. Hamill, man, thank you so much. If you ever want to come back for another show or another topic, you're more than welcome. Um, your door is open for you. Uh, Mr. Bautista, before we go, señor. Yes, sir. It's just uh, uh, darle gracias al público, invitarlos que, que uh, escuchen el, el programa todos los sábados a esta misma hora. And we're going to be uh, coming hopefully next week. Uh, we don't have a show yet, but we'll get something. We'll get something for you folks. Uh, we're trying to do this every Saturday at 11 o'clock. Uh, for example, the show that we have with our coalition, the CARES Coalition folks, I want to thank you again. I told Mr. Bautista this the last time. We have, we have almost 900 views on that, so thank you so much. Share this video, folks, please. Share it. If you think you know someone or if you're in the group, you know, the Facebook group, share this video. So our, our show, so people could see that you know what they might know someone. Oh, you know what I'm having that issue, or have someone that they know that has it. Because anyone that we know, I guarantee you right now, there's someone in our family, our friends that has this problem, access to food. I guarantee and, it. And please, folks, wear those masks. Please wear, those wear masks. the masks. Wear the masks. We're almost there, folks. We're almost there to the to the to the to the vaccine. But you know, we just want to make sure that you wash your hands. You know, wear those masks. Like Mr. Uh, Mr. Jason, uh, Justin, you do what you say? You do a weekly test? I try to, yeah. You know, um, there's free testing through the state and through the city. The city requires an appointment, um, but uh, for better or worse, there have not been long lines lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, either, either good or bad, right? I'm not so sure about that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, the city tests usually have results within two to three days. It's not overnight, but it's enough to ensure safety for you and your family and mm -hmm. everybody that you come in contact with. And that's the thing that people that this is an invisible virus. You don't know how you're going to get. Just be careful. That's, you know, that's all we ask, especially the holiday season coming up. You know, people want to go visit family and friends, and, but that could wait. That could wait. You could wait. <laughs> so, well... We'll see everyone hopefully next week on the No Vision Internet Radio Show and see ya. Take care.